0: Hey, folks, it's me, Steven. And as I announced in many of the previous episodes, well, I'm currently on vacation and I'm not going to be back until July. But don't go anywhere because you're still going to get an episode of this podcast. It just won't be hosted by me. Instead, it's going to be hosted by a truly amazing individual or a group of truly amazing individuals. Just, you know, don't go falling in love with them and leave me. Okay? Anyway, see y'all in July. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your guest host, Eric, from longboxreview.com, and I'm sitting in the Just Another Fanboy comfy recliner, so to speak, to bring you a little episode I like to call One Hit Wonders. What is One Hit Wonders? Well, this is an idea I've been thinking about doing on my podcast for a while, so you, the Just Another Fanboy loyalists are getting a sneak peek of me looking at single-issue titles that could have been or were specifically intended to be more than one issue, but were not. Such as the subject of today's episode, which is Madame Xenadu number 1 from 1981. This was published by DC Comics. Uh, the character of Madame Xenadu debuted in Doorway to Nightmare number 1. Uh, which has a cover date of January-February 1978 and was a mystery-slash-horror anthology series published by DC Comics that lasted only five bi-monthly issues uh, and was a casualty of the DC implosion. Thirty years later, there was a Madame Xanadu ongoing by Matt Wagner, Amy Reeder, and other artists that lasted 29 issues. Madame Xanadu was created by David Michelini, Val Mayerich, and Mike Kaluta, who provides the cover art for this issue, as he did for the Doorway to Nightmare issues. Uh, Xanadu, uh, also known as, and uh, forgive me, uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing this, Nimu Inwudu, uh, is an immortal, fortune-telling mystic. The occult powers that she possesses are often channeled through tarot cards, as we see on the cover of this issue. Uh, she sometimes also aids other magical superheroes or, or beings, or helps guide them. Madame Sanadu Number no. 1 from 1981 uh, was intended as DC's first comic book for the direct market, it actually was uh, the second one sold to the direct market. Uh, there was a Superboy special of some sort that actually made it out first. But according to Paul Levitt's, Madame Zenadu was the intended as the first. It was priced at $1, which was at that time double the other DC Comics and featured stories intended for other publications that had been canceled. For example, the Madame Xanadu story in this issue was intended for Doorway to Nightmare, and the Brian Balland drawn story was to be in Mystery in Space. So that's a little bit about the comic book itself. So let's, let me uh, just describe for you the cover to this issue. So we have Madame Xanadu on the cover. It says, Step through the doorway into Nightmare with... Madam, Madam Zenadu, uh, special collectors only edition in the top right corner. The one dollar price to the left of the logo, very large compared to I think some of the other price stamps I've seen on comic books from this time. But but this was a this is what this was a new thing. It was a special thing. Uh, so and I think they were trying to just test out what the market could bear in terms of cost. Uh, also on this is another. Uh, word balloon here. Fabulous first issue featuring a 25-page Steve Englehart Marshall Rogers blockbuster, and then a little bit further down on the on the right, plus a brand new Brian Bolland science fiction shocker. And the art, uh, as I said, by Mike Kaluda, uh, features Madame Xanadu in the center of this this image. She's holding up. a a tarot card, the death card, I believe. Um, And then there are a few other tarot cards placed in front of her in the foreground. And uh, she's she's in her shop, uh, which we see in this first issue. And then if you turn the comic over, you get to see the same exact image without all of that text covering it up. So that was a little different as well for that for that time, uh, I believe. And also just, you know, this just marks it as uh, a little bit as a special issue. Inside the front cover is a, uh, a little, a little blurb uh, called Tarot Readings by Bill Kunkel that gives us a bit of explanation about tarot cards, which is probably helpful for that uh, audience then. I think tarot cards have uh, increased in terms of the familiarity of uh, those of us who Know very little about them except from TV and movies. So, you know, it was a nice little um, introduction to what that meant. Uh, if you're not familiar with Bill Kunkel, as I was not, uh, Kunkel wrote several comic book uh, stories published by DC Comics in 1977 and 78, including Action Comics, uh, some of the Madame Xanadu stories in Doorway to Nightmare, and Vigilante in World's Finest Comics. At Marvel Comics, he wrote two issues of Marvel Team-Up in 1978-1979. Uh, by the late 70s, Kunkel's freelancing efforts for Harvey Comics led to him becoming the primary scripter for the Richie Rich comics. And then finally, in terms of the production of this issue, uh, in the middle of uh, the, the comic is a pinup by Michael Kaluta, printed on glossy paper. And so it was, uh, it is a, just a shot of her standing in, uh, I believe somewhere else in her shop with all these glass jars around and she's holding this uh, uh, glowing ball um, of some sort uh, that's drawing, seems to be drawing these demons coming out of this little pyre uh, on the floor. They're swirling around her towards that, uh, towards that glowing sphere. So. A very evocative image, suggesting a lot, of, a lot of magic going on here. And she seems to be wearing an outfit, uh, a dress that is similar to the one that she wears in this issue, although it appears to be a little more tight, tighter fitting than, than the one that I, that I see here in uh, the, the main story but again that was i think that was another uh, another enticement to get this uh the, as a special issue to be sold in direct market shops okay so for uh the main story was, which as i said is a 25 page story that originally was supposed to be anthologized in the doorway to nightmare series this is titled dance for two demons this is by storytellers Steve Engelhart, Marshall Rogers, Adrian Roy, and Ben Oda. So just to give you an, uh, an idea of what this is about, give you a uh, hopefully a brief synopsis, <laughs> as brief as I can be with 25 pages of story. So drug addict Joseph breaks into Madame Xanadu's shop looking for a stash. Uh, she confronts and then convinces him that he needs to go to a nearby clinic for help. Later that day, Laura arrives wanting to learn more about witchcraft and the book of spells that once belonged to her aunt. Madame Xanadu gives Laura a tarot reading that is interrupted by Joseph, who claims the clinic isn't helping. Xanadu convinces him to return, and as he leaves, he shares a look with Laura and a connection is made. Before Laura leaves, Xanadu asks for the book, but Laura refuses. Later, Xanadu calls the clinic to check on Joseph, but finds he is no longer there. When she does find him, uh, Laura is with him, and they're in love. Also, a little bit high. Uh, Xanadu leaves. Later, Laura and Joseph take a walk, literally and figuratively, down memory lane, led by the smell of honeysuckle and the companionship of a cocker spaniel. But they have to get back because they are hosting a masquerade party with the whole block, uh, including a cameo from a Marshall Rogers-drawn Joker from from, uh, the Batman books, uh, which was a nice little touch. As the revelers dance, however, the clock strikes midnight and the demons, Tammuz and Ishtar, appear to produce human legacies. Our power shall be planted in this world forever, they say. But Madame Zanidou reveals herself and breaks Laura and Joseph's trance with a puppy carrying honeysuckle. She appeals to them to look at each other. What do you see in those eyes? What do you feel? They then declare their love for one another and break the spell, sending the demons away. Xanadu checks in on Laura and Joseph to find that he is now clean, and she gives Xanadu the spell book. She wishes them luck. The end. So this is uh, this story is uh, a bit heavy on plot, uh, but surprisingly also has a bit of characterization in Laura and Joseph. Uh, unexpectedly, I have I have to admit, Xanadu herself is a bit of a clean slate. But she's the book's host, but not in the same vein as, say, um, Cain and Abel or um, the witches from I forget the the, the DC title now. But 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 those 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 hosts in the vein of they introduce the story and sometimes they interject, but they rarely uh, interact in the story itself. Whereas Madame Xanadu here actually is part of the story. Uh, Despite the very special episode vibe of the story, uh, and to be fair, we don't know how long Joseph has been clean by the end to say nothing if he relapses, if you want to inject a little bit of uh, realism into this, Uh, I appreciate the the love conquers all idea, which is also a line in the story um, said by Laura, but sarcastically. So I like that turn where she's making fun of the whole concept, but by the end, she, of course, embraces it, as does Joseph. And, uh, and again, I think uncharacteristically, and, and this might just be my own ignorance of these uh, mystery slash horror titles from DC Comics of the time, but we get a happy ending with those two people staying together, being together, supporting each other. You know, because too often these kinds of stories end tragically, at least for one of the characters, although we do get a bit of that with Laura's aunt having been burned alive After Laura takes the spellbook, which I did not mention (laughs) earlier, we don't get to see uh, Laura deal with that trauma aside from her brushing aside Xanadu's implication that Laura caused the incident. Um, What is spectacular here, though, is the Rogers-Roy art. Everyone has distinctive features, even... Even if Joseph's nose is a little too pointed for my taste, but you know, artistic license and all that. There's a lot of black ink on the page, mostly when Xanadu is in the scene, uh, which evokes an eerie mood. Which I thought that was a really nice touch. The panel layouts at times are varied and interesting, such as the close up on Xanadu's eye as she talks to Joseph at the beginning of the story. You can actually see as as the eye gets closer and closer in the panels, you see a reflection in her iris. And uh, one is this kind of ghostly face that's kind of screaming. And then another one, I think, is, is supposed to be Joseph, who's falling to his doom, so to speak, if he keeps on that same path. So I, th- I, I those kind of things I really enjoyed. Um, the, tarot pa- uh, the tarot cards actually became panels themselves in, in that scene as well. So, you know, Roger's uh, really taking some artistic license with, uh, with how the page looks. And I really like that. There's a, there's a scene at the, at the masquerade ball later in the story, the, the costume dress that Laura wears is, is presented as um, ethereal and the demons look sufficiently menacing, albeit within the comics code era, (laughs) even though this actually, this, this issue did not carry the comics code seal. So, but they were still, you know, playing, um, playing within the boundaries. Anyway, if if you are a fan of Madame Xanadu, or perhaps like me, you you know her from various brief appearances in other comic books over the years, but you don't really know that much about her. Um, this might be a good the doorway into Nightmare series for sure, because that's where she first appears, and then this this uh, continuation of those stories, and then the later series, which I actually have the uh, the twenty nine issue series that I that I mentioned that came out thirty years after this but I've not read it. So I'm, I'm curious to find out more about this character. Uh, so you can, you can, uh, try that out. I think the doorway into nightmare series is on the DCU infinite app. So if you are a subscriber, you can at least, uh, read those stories there. I don't recall now if Madame Xenadu number one, uh, that I'm talking about now is, is part of that. All right, the second story in this particular issue, as I said, uh, was, was intended for Mystery in Space, but uh, uh, this is called Falling Down to Heaven uh, by storytellers J.M. DeMatteis, Brian Bolland, Adrian Roy again, and Ben Oda as well. So, as I mentioned on the cover, it, it said a brand new Brian Balland science fiction shocker, which I found very interesting. Because, as I recall, um, Brian Bolin hadn't done that much work at DC Comics at that time. I could be wrong about that, but I'll I'll come back to that in a little bit. So, falling down to heaven. uh, An alien finds a human man in a crashed spacecraft. He takes the man back to, to his home. His ailing wife pleads with him to kill the human before he kills them, just like the humans killed their friends and children years before when they invaded to take the planet's natural resources. The alien probes the human's mind, learning the humans invaded because humanity had used up all of Earth's resources. He also finds that the human, Turner, once stood up for the aliens and was punished by being posted at the alien world for years all alone. The wife pleads once more, knowing that she is dying, to have her husband kill the human in retribution. Then other humans arrive, looking for Turner, whom they find dead. After they question the aliens, they leave without Turner, only wanting to have confirmed his death. After they have gone, the alien widower drops the illusion, revealing Turner alive and well. The alien tells Turner, They take their hatred with them, for hatred is a a disease that transforms and corrupts, and it must be buried. The two depart to bury the alien's wife. So given that the previous story was about demons from presumably hell, the title for this story is a nice dichotomy. Given that there are two editors listed, I wonder who decided that these these two... stories in particular, uh, would appear in this issue because we get the, the magical mysticism demon aspect, and then we get, you know, (laughs) a hard right to, uh, science fiction land, uh, with, with this story. So I, I, just, why those two, uh, except perhaps the, the page count fit, uh, for the particular purpose of this, of this, uh, one shot or, you know, was there some other reason? Anyway, Len Wein is listed as editor in the in in the Indicia, uh, so maybe it was him or perhaps Mike uh, W. Barr as associate editor. Regardless, the point was to promote Bolland, who by this time had done some Green Lantern covers, uh, a story in Mystery in Space called Certified Safe, and of course, you know, he was uh, known across the pond uh, for having done work on Judge Dredd. So, uh, I, but again, I find it interesting that uh, this mystery slash horror title has this science fiction story, but, but they're promoting the artist. So Ballin was a, was a huge deal. Even then, I would come to know his work uh, mostly from the Green Lantern covers, but that would, that would be a few more years down the road from when this particular book was published regardless the story is a a pretty simple and common science fiction trope of inverting expectations for example the point of view is from the alien and the page turn where we think the alien succumbs to a murderous rage uh, and and we think for a moment at least that he has killed the human as his wife wanted him to we discover he actually wanted wants to break the endless cycle of hate and you could just hear rod sterling's voiceover right now can't you Uh, Honestly, though, aside from nice artwork uh, by Ballin, there's nothing really special about this story, nor shocking as the cover promised, even if I do happen to like the message of it. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that jaunt down uh, memory lane. I want to thank Stephen for inviting me to be his Joan Rivers for this episode. If you would like what you hear, please listen to the Longbox Review podcast where I talk about all sorts of comic books and occasionally other things. And you can find uh, those episodes and more at longboxreview.com. And to make it super simple, you can find me everywhere online uh, at Longbox Review. All one word. And with that, thank you for listening. Be well, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.